This is Peter Bart. And it's Mike Fleming. And this is the Bart Fleming Podcast. So, Mike, the, the announcement of the Golden Globes next week always triggers a combination of high anxiety and also some snarky humor in Hollywood. The, the anxiety is there because it does sort of unofficially trigger the start of award season. The snarky stuff is usually about the, the old guard in Hollywood um, commenting about the, the Golden Globes categories, which seem designed to maximize the celebrity turnout rather than have anything to do with cinematic content. I mean, how else could you justify, do you remember Angelina Jolie winning a nomination for The Tourist, not one of the great movies? Or even Robert Downey Jr. for Sherlock Holmes. And then there's the music and comedy category, where films like Lady Bird or even Get Out have received nominations. Of course, most f films in that category aren't musicals or comedies. But how do you, how do you take all that? Well, they're just trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's like sh uh, shooting at a bird with, uh, with buckshot, you know, you, you, uh, it's, it's easier to, it's easier to hit the target if you're scattering your, your ammo all over the place, I suppose. But, um, yeah, the, the thing about comedy and drama, um, always seemed a little preposterous to me, but they, they do seem to, because they cover a wide swath and, and because they're, they're, you know they're covering categories in a in a in a more inclusive way. Um, you know they they get to say that well we you know we 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 did identify the the films that mattered in the Oscar every year. I don't know. I don't get too caught up in it. Well, it's after all the the Oscars did in two thousand and nine expand to the list to ten because they the effort also was to widen the the prospects. The the defenders of the Globes, of course, they point out that, for example, the only reason Marilyn Monroe won a major trophy for acting in Some Like It Hot was uh, thanks to the Globes in, in 1960. The Oscars never gave her a trophy. And there, there are a lot, of, a lot of pictures and individuals who have been, um, have been given uh, recognition because of, the, because of the Globes and their expanded. Uh, I resist any ratings of movies as the best. Um, I mean, the, the Globes last year declared Revenant the best over Spotlight, remember? And the year before. And I never really signed on to three billboards last year. I mean, three billboards against Dunkirk. Where are you? I mean, I, in my instinct, and I hate to sound, the only person who I remember who used to say this every year was Woody Allen. I hate to agree with Woody Allen. But I don't feel movies as disparate as these deserve to be rated on the same playing field. I just like to see a slate of five pictures. They get the honors. What, what do you think about all that? Well, how would you how would you rate them then? I just say these are the five best, and let's let's applaud them. And now, but you're talking about the Oscars or the Golden Globes? I'm talking about. Um, I, I mean, look. Yeah. Well, here's how I look at it. I, I think that. Um, you know, the Golden Globes is always a fun party, it, it, and it does create awareness, public awareness, um, you know, for movies that, 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 that need it. Um, the, you know, the ticket sales are, are, are probably going to be up this year, um, but a lot of that is due to these gigantic blockbusters, which where the aspiration is more about making the cash register ring than, 
anything else. And then you've got all these movies, uh, some of them smallish movies. And, and so getting a, getting a little opportunity to, to, to say you're a nominee or, or, uh, you know, at a, at an event like the golden globes, which still basically is, 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 is awarded by uh, a bunch of uh, writers from overseas. And we don't really even know who they are, but I think there's about what, 70 of them. So, it, it, so it, it's so it's a silly it's a silly methodology to to gauge what movie is good and what movie is not good. But I just use I, I think it's it's a useful part of the hype machine, and really nothing more than that. But the bottom line is that every year the Globes does raise this challenge. Their show is more fun than the Oscars, and the pictures that are honored tend to be more popular than the Oscars. So Mike, these past few weeks, we've had a chance to see the best movies that Hollywood has to offer, or at least those that seem eligible for awards. They've included some very good pictures and some very bad ones and some very good ones that did badly, unfortunately. But they've had at least this in common. Hardly any of them were sequels. There were actually movies that stood on their own that actually had endings not transitions aimed at the next, the next iteration. And by contrast, because summer movies, it's all about, uh, it's all about sequels and prequels. Uh, and, and indeed, of the, the, the 10 biggest pictures worldwide of 2018, six of the 10 were sequels, six. And actually seven, yeah. if you include Venom, which was, I guess, a Marvel Comics spin-off and I think there wasn't a character rooted in one of the Spider-Men, I forget. Uh, but it seems to me that it's sort of uh, nice, at least this time of year, almost, to return to actually standalone movies. And what do you feel about that? Are you counting Mary Poppins' returns? Well, of course, there? Mary Poppins is an example, I guess, of a prequel or a sequel. And that I haven't seen, I guess, the... Um, it's coming out this weekend, but that certainly is a yeah. is a more of a summer picture, isn't it? Well, it, and it's a, what's interesting also. And then I guess the Star Is Born is is not a sequel. It's just like the fourth uh, remake or so. Um, you know, and Black Panther, I would say, is the most formidable. Uh, um, you know, um, line extension. Uh, um, you know, um, but I think the director Ryan. Uh, turned it into something exceptional, much the way that he did with the first Creed film, um, you know, which was also uh, which was also a sequel. But uh, I don't know. I don't see that much of a. Um, I mean, to me, what's more interesting is how is how many of these films that we're talking about in Oscar season um, have studio, you know, were legitimately made by major studios. This was this has been kind of an exceptional year. I mean, you know, you, you, if you look at A Quiet Place, which, of course, is now going to be made into a sequel, um, you know, it, it, it's been a really, it's been a, it, 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 you know, we don't usually, we don't usually see that. That's true. But the major still, like Disney came in with the sequel to Wreck, Wreck It Ralph, uh, which a sequel to something made, I think, five years ago, and then Creed, Creed 2. So even at this time of year, you the some of the um, some of the the sequels and prequels and reboots and remakes and spin-offs get stuck in there and it's very interesting because in television as well as features 
it's really all about reboots and remakes and spin-offs. I mean, that with the Murphy Browns and the Will and Graces, I mean, nothing is immune from a remake now. I think we've begun to run out of ideas. Yeah, they seem to get more respect when they do it on Broadway, though, don't they? Um, you know, uh, I don't. I, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that they're running out of ideas. I just think that uh, I think that it's like um, you know, it's like uh, it's like chicken soup. It's like a comfort thing, and um, you know, um, and people seem to be willing to rediscover shows that they liked in the past. I don't know how well Magnum PI is doing, uh, or okay. you know that that movie. To, I mean that that television show seemed to me to be specific to to Tom Selleck, but um, yeah, I'm, you know I, I don't know if people are tuning in, they'll keep cranking them out. I remember the the as a little kid um, going to the going to the movies, you got addicted to, for example, the Road movies with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, which are a bunch of sequels, and you wanted at least one every year. Uh, they were delightful. So sequels certainly had their place at that time, but you wonder today, the, the kids are just brought up on, on the expectation of a prequel or a sequel, and directors um, embrace it. It's a great payday for them. Yeah, nobody, uh, you know, it, it's, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, you don't see that many sequels that are better than the first film. I, I guess you could look at maybe the Terminator or uh, Aliens, um, you know, and I'm not saying that either of those are better than the first film, but they certainly took those films in a different direction. Godfather two, I, I would say. Um, but, um, but sequels, sequels are harmless, uh, harmless, good business. It's just that, uh, it, it does sort of, it does seem to kind of impinge on, uh, originality. And, um, and this is something that we always, um, bemoan, but, uh, but you can't begrudge somebody for making a uh, a blatantly commercial extension of a of a successful film. Um, you can't do it. And then I would also uh, look at Deadpool two as as an example. Uh, I thought the first Deadpool was just wonderful and just so irreverent and different. And I think the second movie was uh, was as good or better. I I agree with you. I thought it was just terrific. But then. This sequel, the sequel business, the franchises, is really fun for the filmmakers, too. But you mentioned Godfather, too. Remember the big fight I had with Francis Coppola? Is he absolutely refused to make a sequel to The Godfather because he said, and he said on the record, um, uh, all a sequel would mean is that I have run out of fresh ideas. I don't want to be thought of in that context. But then he made a movie that didn't work very well and he spent a lot of money on wineries and actually ran out of cash. So when the, we next talk about Godfather 2, um, I reminded him that that'd be a hell of a payday. And his interest in the sequel became much more excited. Yeah, but the, the I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm so happy that he had some that he had some uh, some some ca that he was cash strapped at the time, and that it uh, and that it changed his mind because I think that movie. I, I still, when people say, "Well, which movie do you think is better, the first one or the second one?" I, I can't I can't give an honest answer. I, I you know I I mean they're 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 different. They're their own uh, um, you know they're 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 their own creation. 
And I can't think of any American movies um, while I've been alive that, that I would say are, are better than either one of those films. I just love, love, love them. I mean, I think uh, uh, Francis, uh, I, I, don't, I don't love Godfather 3. I know they had problems when Winona Ryder was going to play that lead role and, and, and Francis uh, put, his, put his, his daughter in there who's, who's become a, a terrific uh, filmmaker, but, but clearly she, she was a newcomer and I think uh, that was really being thrown in the deep end. But my goodness, I... I I could watch right now. I could watch Godfather 1 and 2 in a row and I'd be happy. Well, I agree. My personal preference was, I think, Godfather 2. Because uh, on 1, he was stressed. He didn't really have that much confidence. And he wasn't given a supportive crew and cinematographer. Uh, but Godfather 2, he was on his own and had felt much more confidence, work had total freedom to shoot it exactly as he wanted. So in, th yeah. in the first, you had that tension, and that tension created brilliant filmmaking. And two, you had confidence. And that also was a, a, great, a great strength. So I guess I liked them both. Yeah, and it, 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 it's sort of a, an interesting little aside that, you know, the, the character uh, that Viggo Mortensen plays in Green Book, uh, you know, Tony uh, Velalonga, you know, Tony the Lip, he actually, uh, Coppola saw him, put him in the uh, Connie's wedding scene, um, you know, and and uh, and I think actually uh, Nick Velalonga is there and his, uh, and his siblings are, are in the scene as well. They just looked, uh, they, they look perfectly suited to be at a wedding like that. And, uh, but uh you know, so this, the, 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 so there's always there's always opportunities for shout-outs for that film, but I think those two movies are just absolutely superb. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, Mike, great talking to you as always. And you as well. Thank you. <laughs> 